episode four, right? Episode four. Uh, we're going through our position uh, rankings. And last episode, we said we were going to go and move to the offensive side uh, or stay on the offensive side, go with the weapons. But we decided that with the Julio trade rumors uh, swirling around that that's probably not the best idea because as soon as Julio gets traded, it's going to just change up the rankings. So we're going to stay on the, the, the line, but we're going to go to the defen- defensive line. So, uh, Caleb, why don't you hit me with your five bottom teams um, one by one and tell me why each one is kind of where they are ranked. Yep. So um, <clears throat> at 32, and this might become a trend here, um, I have the Texans. Um and, you know, it's really – they've kind of built the roster somewhat consistently, but not well. Uh, it's any veteran that wants a check that they can get to come play for them, they've paid to come play for them. Um, and honestly, you know, so I'm, I'm including um, edge-rushing linebackers in the defensive line just because that's where they play most of the time. I know they drop back in coverage a little bit, but for the most part they play on the defensive line. Um, and really the only decent pass rusher they have is Shaq Lawson. Um, and even he is more of an average uh, edge rusher. So they don't have the depth. They don't have the star power. They're just untalented pretty much around the entire roster. Yeah. Um, I saw a tweet today about Rex Burkhead getting signed by the, the Texans. And the they... I don't remember who tweeted it, but they basically had the same sentiment that they're just filling their roster with with older veterans at minimum, uh, veteran minimum, just to to fill out the roster and give them a second second or third shot to kind of uh, make it in the NFL. So I definitely see where you're coming from there, and it probably will be a trend. The Texans are not great, <laughs> like they're not. No, so no, and I mean the front office doesn't warrant. <clears throat> incoming talent to want to play there, so no. it's not overly surprising. Right. Um, I mean, when you see the drama around Deshaun Watson, who's their best player, not even close, um, uh, how the the front offices has has really handled that situation, it doesn't it doesn't bode well to bring in free agents and uh, kind of build the the roster and add on to the the pieces that you're missing. So, yeah, I completely agree with this this. This one, they don't have a whole lot of talent there, and they don't have a whole lot of depth. It's just a hodgepodge of players that are trying to uh, get a second or third chance. So definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, and, and honestly, I'll be shocked if these guys aren't picking first overall next year. I mean, it's I, I think even the Detroit Lions could surprise some people. They're built kind of the right way, but right. I think this is by far the worst roster. I mean, at least the – the Lions have a couple of bright spots. They have a really good running back, and they've built. and their offensive line is surprisingly yeah, good. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, I was about to say that their offensive line. They've really built something there, uh, with the idea to protect Matt Stafford. But he decided he didn't want to play in the, there anymore, so they they moved on from him. So now they're going to protect Jared Goff, which is a, a quarterback that definitely needs to be protected. So, um, I think the Lions definitely. Some people are saying that they're they're going to be one of the worst teams. I think they're going to be better than the Texans. So, oh, for sure. Uh, who do you got on them? Or at, I guess it would be 31. Yep, so staying in the same division, I got the Tennessee Titans. Um, <clears throat> and so this is where um, the Texans are really devoid of talent. But to be honest, defensive line is one of the easier spots to kind of fill with average play. So this is where it becomes more about elite talent and honestly just kind of opinions and what you make of the numbers and how they play. Um, <clears throat> so I've got the Titans here. They are okay in a couple spot, a couple spots. Harold Landry the third is a decent um, edge rusher, uh, he, linebacker for him. Um, I believe it's Jeffrey Simmons. Um, he's a pretty good interior lineman. But those two are really the only bright spots. They get um, below average play from um, the rest of their defensive line. They've got Bud Dupree that they signed, so um, I think he's probably mostly a product of that Steelers team just generating pressure from every single position on that defensive line but we'll see if he can uh if he can keep his numbers up and if he does then this defensive line might be okay but for now it's really got two bright spots and a couple below average players filling it out yeah they that that was a line that really just didn't have a whole lot of pressure last year 
they they tried to get that with Jadavian Clowney, but um, Jadavian Clowney kind of he's he's similar to Bud Dupree. He needs the the pressure from the other side to really be able to wreak havoc. Uh, that after his last year with the Texans, moving to the Seahawks, that showed heavily. Um, when he wasn't injured, he was like there was one game where he had a really good game, and that was against the first game against the Niners, mm-hmm. but. Um, other than that, it doesn't seem like he, he's really been able to um, produce beyond his tenure at the Texans. So at Tennessee, it didn't he didn't do anything, and they, the Titans realized that, and they moved on from him. So they, they didn't have much to build off of, and they didn't really build much with it. So um, I agree. I also think the Texans are going to be or Titans. I mean, are going to be low. Um, maybe not thirty-one low, but I don't think that they're going to be very high. Maybe twenty-eight is where I would project them. But I mean, you're the one that does all the the scouting and looks at the numbers, so I will take your opinion and put them at thirty-one as well. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, it's all subjective at this point. It's really just which high-end players do you like more. Um, <clears throat> And I just I don't see the upside with this line, and they play a lot of good offensive lines, so you know. Yeah, I don't see them have a lot of having a lot of success. Yeah, they do have a or have a lot of off, good offensive lines that they're going to have to go up against this season, and um, I guess that'll if I mean if they play well against them, then maybe we'll just eat our we'll eat crow on that one. But I don't. Yeah, see and I've happening. got I've got no problem adjusting things when new numbers come in, but you got to prove it. Right. <clears throat> What about uh, 30? Who, who you got at 30? Uh, this one, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Um, same kind of thing. They have a couple of really good edge players. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence hasn't really lived up to his uh, pre-contract numbers, but he's still been very good, especially against the run. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Randy Gregory has been really good since he came back for them. Um, but the interior is just so awful. I mean, we saw it time and time again last year. The defense just got tore up. They couldn't get pressure. They couldn't. They couldn't run the ball. Or I'm sorry, they couldn't stop the run. Um, so they're really going to need to do some work on the interior for this line to be able to perform. Because um, you can just double team both of their edge rushers and you know chip a tight end to block one of them, and then one on one the interior, and you're not going to get any pressure. So um, that's why I have them that low because it is very lopsided. Like edge rushers are good above average, and then. The interior might be the worst in the NFL for them. Yeah, and it's it's hard to uh, really provide any pressure if there isn't if you have subpar play in the rest of the, the line and the Cowboys. They didn't really do a whole lot coming off of last season to improve it. They just had two decent to good players that um, were on the outside that were are kind of getting back into form to what they were, but. Other than that, they let Alden Smith go, and he really was the only one last year, at least the beginning of the last year, that was really doing anything uh, special. So the Cowboys, they didn't do a whole lot to fix the problem, and they were arguably the worst defensive line last year. So um, luckily for them, the Texans just got a lot worse, so that's why yeah. they <laughs> they ended up below them. But, yeah, I, I agree that the, the Cowboys, that one's kind of one that – you knew was going to be bottom five. And I feel like that's just going to be across the board a bottom five defensive line um, to, to most <clears> of the, the people who look at the analytics. So I, I, I strongly agree with Helen. Yeah, and if, if they couldn't generate pressure off the edge, like, I mean, they would be last. But they have got a couple decent pieces there. So right, I give right. them more above um, – more above the Titans because edge is more important than interior and above the Texans because the Texans don't really have any good or great players on there. Right. Yep. Uh, What about 29? So 29, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, So they've got uh, Josh Allen, who I believe was a rookie last year, maybe two years ago. Uh, Two years ago, it looks like. Um, And he was... He was supposed to be very good coming out of college he hasn't quite lived up to that but again it's the same thing with the cowboys if you're not generating pressure elsewhere on the line it um you know you're not going to be able to get to the quarterback or create pressure because they're just going to double or triple team you i mean you could look at khalil mack who's easily a top five edge rusher and his sack numbers and pressure numbers even have been low because 
the rest of that defensive line can't get pressure. So, you know, Josh Allen is not at the level of Cleo Mack, so he has not been able to um, perform as well as he was drafted to. And then the rest of the defensive line is honestly just a bunch of guys. Um, <clears throat> Clavon Chason, you know, he had some red flags in the draft, and they took him probably higher than he was supposed to go. And, you know, he's, I don't want to say a bust, but he hasn't been great by any means. And so, yeah, they just don't really have anything special on this line. They'll have to keep adding pieces. And that's going to be a, a common theme, it seems like, uh, two common themes, really. One is the Texans are going to probably be low on most <laughs> right. of our, our rankings. Another one is the Jaguars just don't have the pieces right now. Um, and we've already stated that we don't think that they are doing a good job of finding pieces. So mm-hmm. um, the, I, just, the, I just don't even know what to say about the Jaguars right now. They, they, there's so much going on, going on and going wrong with this team that I just don't, I don't understand um, how the how they expect to compete within the next two to three years. And it sucks because they were so good three or four years ago, and now they're the worst team in the NFL. Well, are, yeah, I mean, they were the worst team last year, so um, it, it sucks to see it happen. And they they had such a good defensive line just to see where they are now. It's it's really really sad. Yeah, and, you know, I would not be surprised if these guys are picking top five again. Uh, right. <clears throat> I really like what they did with their offensive line. It's a good unit. Um, it's got a couple young players in there, so we'll see if they can develop. I like their wide receivers, um, but they don't have a true number one. I like DJ Chark, but I think he is – I think if you get a good number one, DJ Chark's one of the best number two receivers in the league, but I don't think he can carry the team. You know, Marvin Jones has probably passed his prime a little bit. Um, and, um, I know they drafted, um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the, um, I was right there. Rookie wide receiver last year. Um, and he looked pretty good. So we'll see. And oh, then obviously, they, um, LaVisca Chanel. That's, that's right. Yeah. And, and that's another thing, like, you know, they kind of used him as a running back hybrid last year and that, and then they drafted ETN to be a running back wide receiver hybrid. So it could be a dynamic office or offense, or it could be a giant flop. Uh, we'll just have to see. But, I mean, to just ignore the defense like they have. I know they drafted a cornerback at the top of the second round, but he's an outside cornerback, and they've already invested an outside cornerback in free agency this year. And um, so, I I don't know. They could make us eat our words, but I really don't see the direction. I don't see the identity in this team. I don't see the identity in the defense, specifically the defense. Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, it looks like they're doing, um, they're trying to d- do what the Chiefs did and build this super dynamic offense, and then kind of worry about the defense later. But the difference between the Chiefs and anybody else in the NFL, except for maybe the the Buccaneers, but even well, no, even the Buccaneers uh, did the, pretty much the same thing. Is they have a, a a good good one side of the ball, and then the other one figured itself out like it the the other unit ended up becoming really good the the year that the two years ago when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl the um the offense was so good the defense was really really rough the beginning of the year but by the second half of the year they were they were one of the best defenses in the NFL and then last year with the, the Buccaneers it's the other way around the defense was really really good and the offense figured it out so I don't see how the 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 Jaguars, if they want to keep on the same uh, path that they're on with the, the players that they have, I don't see it happening because they don't seem to be building a defense that is has some talent that just needs some time to mesh. They just don't have talent. <laughs> like I, they don't have. They're not bringing in free agent talent that like solid free agents. They're not drafting well except for the one corner they drafted this year like I just don't see it happening and this defensive line is kind of that in a nutshell like you see it it's they haven't gone out and gotten free agents and they haven't hit on any of the the players that they've drafted so I just the the, the, over the summer I feel like we're going to be talking about the Jaguars a lot because neither of us understand what they're doing right and you know so if you're going to do what the Chiefs did 
first off, it helps to have a Patrick Mahomes. Right. I know Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be that tier of quarterback. He hasn't been, and to be quite honest, I don't like his college film, especially this past year, as much as a lot of other people do. I think he kind of peaked as a freshman, but we'll see. Um, but you have to have, first off, they don't have the weapons. Tyreek Hill, right. generational is a little bit rich, but he does things other wide receivers cannot do. Travis Kelsey might be the best tight end in NFL history. So you don't have those. And then the defense has to be dynamic. You have to be able you know, the whole point of that is, right, the offense you need to score quickly so that their offense gets tired and makes mistakes and your defense has the speed and athleticism to capitalize. And Jaguars don't have that. So so we'll see. Um, Like I said, they'll probably be picking top five next year. So they'll have a chance to – it's a defense-heavy draft next year, so they'll have a chance to add something to that. But this year, I'm I'm not in love with what they're doing. No, I'm not either. Um, what about 28? So 28, I got the Bengals. Um, I'm not <laughs> – they're another team that their decisions are interesting. I didn't hate the Jamari Chase pick like a lot of people did. But – so they lose um, Shaq – is it Shaq Lawson? Yes. Yeah, he went to, to uh, Houston. No, it's Carl Lawson. No, you're Carl right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Too many Lawsons. Uh, Too many Lawsons. I know. <laughs> so Carl Lawson went to the Jets, and uh, spoiler alert, the Jets are in our top five because of Carl Lawson mainly. He was, if you look at every single metric except for sacks, he is a top five pass rusher in the NFL pretty consistently throughout his career. It's just the rest of the Bengals' defensive line is so bad he couldn't get to the quarterback, but he still was top five in pressures, top five in um, QB rushes. Uh, his run game's a little weak, but so they let him walk just to sign Trey Hendrickson to the same contract, more or less. And Trey Hendrickson is a one-year wonder as far as production goes, and and it's the exact opposite of Carl Lawson. It's high sack totals and average to below average uh, pressure numbers. So I'm not entirely sure what their reasoning was behind that, but I think it's a quite a significant downgrade between Carl Lawson's. The sack number does not matter as much as the pressure number to me. Um, And, you know, if Carl Lawson couldn't get sacks on this defense line, Trey Hendrickson's not, and I think the whole line's going to suffer because they downgraded there. Yeah, the vibe I get from the Bengals, um, and I mean, I've gotten this vibe from the Bengals for years now, is that the, I wouldn't say that the owner doesn't care, but he definitely doesn't care as much as other owners in the NFL and they they just do things to make money it feels like like they they have uh Carlos Dunlap who has been a stalwart player for them um but he had a pretty decent contract that they don't want to pay for anymore so they just stopped playing him make him want to leave and then they trade him and then they let Carl Lawson go and they they they're defensive line suffers because of it like they had two really good pieces like i know i know carlos dunlap's older but like it's still a, a piece you can like he's a good rotational player right 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 and like you can use him to build like you already have that rotational pass rusher and you have carl lawson who on the other side can help pull pressure to help Carlos Dunlap succeed. And like they, they bounce off of each other and are really like, they just have that synergy. And those are two pieces that they could have built around, but they decided they didn't want to pay him. They let him walk, but then they end up paying Trey Hendrickson the same thing. So it it doesn't even make sense. Like, yeah. And and I mean, it shows players that they don't want to play there because they don't care about their homegrown talent. And they did the same thing with, uh, Chidobe, Awuzier and, um, I can't remember the cornerback that they left that they let Walk's name, but again, he's a clear downgrade. That I, I think they actually played paid Awuzie a decent bit less, but you know it's the same concept. Like you're downgrading at positions to save money, get players from the outside, right? It's and I, like I don't want to outright say that the owner doesn't care and he only cares about a paycheck, but like the moves kind of show it in that light that they make. And yeah. I yeah that that's basically what I get from the Bengals and I feel bad for Bengals fans like we we both one of our friends is a Bengals fan and he has to watch mm-hmm. this every Sunday like he has to watch them trot out a team that just isn't good because of moves that the the owner has pushed the 
front office to make. Yeah, and, you know, I I like the Bengals. I'm an LSU fan. They've got Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Like, I would love – and we live in Ohio. I would love yeah. to be able to go down there and watch these players that I like succeed. But, you know, <laughs> having been to the stadium, it's pretty cheap in there. They don't invest in talent to make the push. So it's frustrating. It is. Um like I'm a big Reds fan. I I love this city of Cincinnati. I think it's a great city, but I will never be a Bengals fan because I don't respect a, an owner that makes moves like that. And that's part of the reasons. Like I just yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't understand why they do that. And the Bengals, until they end up getting lucky with some some drafts consecutively, like they did in the late 2000s, early 2010s, and then they went on that run to make the to win the AFC North a few years and make the the playoffs. Um, till they get lucky like that again, I don't see this team competing. Uh, I just I just don't see the vision that they have, and they always seem to have enough talent to kind of make them not the worst team in the NFL, but they never have enough talent to be the best team in the NFL. <laughs> like, they don't even have enough talent to win a playoff game ever. So, Right, and that sucks because the, yeah. the fans deserve it, the team they deserves do. it. Yeah, they, they 100% deserve it, and it's it's frustrating to say the least. Um, so going off of um, the kind of uh, pattern that we're, we're seeing with the Texans being so low on both your offensive line and defensive line, um, and you kind of hit on this earlier. What What is your outlook for this team this year, um, considering that they're super low on those two rankings that you have and then probably are going to be lower on some others? Yeah, um, I would honestly be surprised if they were not in the bottom five and any of the categories maybe, I guess, running back just because they have five or six players over, you know, 30 that they can – put out for every down and they might be a little bit productive, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, the team is not great in any sense of the word. Um, I think as far as how the Texan season is going to go, it's going to depend on how well that quarterback in USC performs. <laughs> uh, Keaton Slovis, is that his name? Uh, sometimes, he's got a good quarterback name. I just don't have it on the top of my head. I think it's um, Keaton. I think his name's Keaton Slovis. I know. Yeah. He, I mean, if we look at the trajectory, of the last four, three or four, I mean, since Carson Palmer, uh, USC quarterbacks have not been great. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, this team is like, I mean, you could look at statistics, you could look at talent. They won three games with I, either three or four. I think it was actually four with Deshaun Watson last year, right? With a top five quarterback, with a dynamic playmaking quarterback, and Will Fuller. I mean. If he doesn't play this year, I they might go 0 and 17. First team to go the, 0 and 17. Yeah, the first year it's an option. I mean, the coach that they hired was obviously a a fall guy that is probably going to retire because he's older anyway. So give him a paycheck to take the fall. The wider, I mean, the Ravens had one of the worst wide receiving cores in the league last year and the year before that. So I don't know what qualifies him to be a head coach. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I just I, this team is significantly worse than every team in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when you're bottom five in the two most important um, position groups, I don't see how you can't be significantly worse than uh, the the rest of the NFL. Like, say what you want about quarter the quarterback's the most important position in NFL or in football. It's the 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 offensive line and the defensive line like that's where the game starts it has always started there and it will end there like if you don't have good line play it doesn't matter how good your quarterback is like you're not going to win anything so uh, the the texans are i think they're bottom two or three on you might you might have had them at 20 or you might have had them at 30 i think for your offensive line right and yeah and that was only because of laramie tunsil and to be honest i would not be surprised if he gets traded this year yeah i honestly that would there's a few teams that if they had a good left tackle that could really take a, mm-hmm. a huge step forward. So, um, and they definitely have the trajectory of a team that needs to get as much draft capital as they can because they haven't had a lot of draft capital in the, over the previous uh, two to three years, and it's showing now. So, that that is a trade that 
I, I could also see. Yeah, and I honestly don't see them climbing out of this anytime soon because, like, just the level of mismanagement they have. Like, they signed Tyrod Taylor. That's a bridge quarterback, all right? You right. know you're going to be drafting first overall. And the proof that they're drafting or that they are drafting a quarterback next year is that they drafted Davis Mills. So they know Deshaun Watson's not coming back. But here's my thing about that. If you know that you're going to be drafting a quarterback next year and you figure it's probably going to be a top five pick, why would you draft Davis Mills with the first pick you have? Because so, you're just going to replace him next year. Yeah. And, you, and you're know. not going to get anything back. Like, it's just complete – it's asset mismanagement. I, I don't mean, know they're, the they're, likes we've ever seen. They're drafting for their, their backup when they get Keen Slovis. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's that's the best I got. I drafted their backup. I mean, they could have a lot of draft capital if they do follow through with the Deshaun Watson trade. And and to be honest, I think that's the right move for the franchise because, like I said, yeah. you only won four games with them, so right. you obviously need a better roster. But I just I I don't trust their management to do it correctly. I agree. yeah, I agree. And they they really messed up by not trading him before all of this. Uh, mm-hmm. stuff came out with the, the whole sexual misconduct and all of those allegations that are against him. Um, if they would have pulled the trigger on a trade before all of that came out, they could have got like a Wayne Gretzky level trade. Like they could have gotten a lot for him, like a literal King's ransom worth of assets. Yeah, I mean, because all this got, was like, happening before. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. The Jets were not sold on Zach Wilson at this point. They were still you know, checking yeah. on his shoulder, you could have got Zach Wilson and three more firsts potentially. I, I don't know yeah. if the Jets would have made that trade, but that's the kind of value we're talking about. Yeah, they literally could have traded. Like, I feel like they could have got all of like the Jets' two firsts this year and the two firsts next year, mm-hmm. uh, and and then you, like use the the first of those four picks on Zach Wilson or whoever, whatever. Maybe they just didn't like a quarterback in this draft, I and mean, maybe that's why they didn't do it. But well, like, if they didn't, then that just speaks to the mismanagement. Right. right. There's there's five quarterbacks that say what you want about them would have all been number one overall picks in any other draft, except yeah. for maybe Mac Mac Jones. But even then, oh, he, would be, he would have been he would have been top. twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. But like, you you have such a a deep pool of quarterbacks in this class that there's no way that you wouldn't have taken one. And I don't understand why they didn't try and make that move before everything came out because it's obviously he it's obvious that he wasn't going to play for you this year and now it's even more obvious that he's not going to play for you this year so why didn't you make the move yeah i just billionaires are stubborn i guess yeah um so moving off of the texans staying in the division three of the the bottom five uh defensive lines on your your list are in the AFC South. What? Where does that put the Colts? Um, as far as the like overall, do that? Does that mean that they should probably win this division, or do you think that there's a team that could kind of maybe make make the Colts sweat a little bit? Yeah, um, draft Jonathan Taylor in fantasy <laughs> because you're guaranteed at least a top five performance six weeks out of the season if he stays healthy. The biggest problem with all three of these lines were their interior outside of the Titans, but that's only one guy, and they play in a uh, 3-4. So they have three interior linemen, so you've got two more bad ones to pick on. They've got a top – the Colts have a top offensive line like we talked about. You know, I don't see any way that they don't win the division – some a lot of people are higher on the Titans than I am. I like AJ Brown a lot, but I think that Ryan Tannehill is still kind of limited. He's efficient for sure, but still limited. I think they're going to be a bottom half team this year. I think they're going to take a good bit of fall, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for them. They need to retool. Um, they're not going to win a championship with this roster, so you may as well no, yeah. end up a little lower, get some quality pieces. Um, you know, the Texans, like we said maybe worse than the league in every single position group. So they're not a threat. And again, the Jaguars defense is, is awful. It's, uh, it was last against the run last year, at least bottom five. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but you know, unless Trevor Lawrence comes in like the Messiah, which I don't think he will, then I don't see any threat to the Colts. 
and, and it's part of the reason why I like Carson Wentz a lot to have a good year because he's just not going to face a lot of pressure. Yeah, I going off of your point about the t- uh, Titans, I I'm a little higher on, on Ryan Tannehill. I think that he got the, the short end of the stick in his tenure at Miami. Um, I'm sure. And I mean, as a Jets fan, you understand how bad of a coach Adam Gase was. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see this year when Sam Darnold with Sam Darnold and Carolina, how well he does. And if that even just proves the point even more. Um, but I do agree with the fact that the, the Titans, their, their offense has the potential to be dynamic. They have probably the best mm-hmm. pure. They It's not actually, it's not even probably they do have the best pure running back in the NFL without question. Um, they have, one of the top 10 wide receivers. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a top 10 wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have – Adam Humphreys left, right? They got they got another wide receiver to, to complement uh, A.J. Brown. I can't remember who it is. But they have, no. they have the, the potential to be a good offense. The problem is that their defense is not great. That front seven needs help. Um as shows where you have their defensive line ranked. Um, and I think that finishing bottom half or at least a mid-tier team this year would be helpful um, because they need to. They really do need to do something about that, that front seven and especially that front four. Um, but the I think that the, the Titans, they might be able to win some games. That, like They will win some games with their – their offense, like their offenses, just can be that good, and I think Ryan Tannehill just kind of gets the short end, like kind of just gets a bad rap. But I, I think no, and go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I like Ryan Tannehill. I just put him more in the realm of Baker Mayfield, where he's he's accurate and he's going to put the ball where it needs to be, and he's reliable. But I don't know if he can elevate the team to a different level. You know, there's. The wide receiver you were thinking of was Josh Reynolds, who was the third or fourth wide receiver for the Rams last year. I know that there are rumors that they're going to get Julio. If I were them, I would not make that. I wouldn't make that trade either. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe because he is – he's not going to be your number one wide receiver. And I don't know how he's going to slot into that role. Like a lot of the teams that he gets traded for, he's probably not going to be the number one wide receiver for Julio, or as far as Julio is concerned. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how he fits into that number two role, and it might be a good thing. He just pulls enough pressure from your number one wide receiver to just ball out every week. So maybe, and the the fact that you're probably not going to—I mean, the worst you're going to have to give up right now is a second, I think. And yeah. the giving up a second for him isn't terrible and you have them for this year, next year, and then you can resign them to a, a much shorter or a much cheaper contract after I think next year or yes. Yes. Next year. Um, yeah. And if it's for a second, I don't hate it. No, but, um, and it gives you a, a chance to really have a solid offense going into when you start retooling that defense, if you're the Titans. So maybe trading for Julio isn't terrible, but it's not ideal. Like the the teams that are going to be able to really shell out for Julio are the teams that are going to want to win this year. Um, but yeah, the the I don't hate the I think the Titans are the closest that the the the, the best team at, besides the Colts in that division, and they're the only team that's really going to have to the Colts are going to have to beat this year in that division. Yep. All right, we've hit the bottom five. Let's go with your top five. Who do you who do you have at number five? Very excited about this one. At five, I've got the Jets. Um, they're going to finish above number five this year. <laughs> Just write that down, lock it away. So last year, their interior defensive line was, if you want to go by PFF grade, pressure rates, run grade, everything like that, the second best and the entire NFL behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. They generated pressure at one and a half percent more at a rate of one and a half percent more than the Steelers. So they have by far the best pass rushing interior in the entire league. And that goes four or five deep. It's not a shallow unit. They just added uh, Sheldon Rankins this year who can't stay healthy. But when he's on the field, he is incredibly efficient. So you're going to put him next to Quinn and Williams. 
They added Carl Lawson on the outside, and we already talked about him, and I think he's a top-five edge rusher, and this is going to be his first year with other people taking away the pressure. Uh, they signed Vinny Curry, who, again, same thing as Sheldon Rankins, kind of old, can't stay healthy, but when he is out there, he is incredibly efficient and gets pressure, gets past the offensive line. Um, so the entire defensive line, when you average is out, gets pressure on the quarterback on about 12% of plays. The league average is about seven. So you're talking these guys are going to be pressuring the quarterback, in theory, more than any other team in the league. Um, and all these numbers are based off their schedule last year, in which they faced four out of the five offensive lines that we talked about last week as right. our top. They only played two teams that didn't make the playoffs. That was the Chargers and the Broncos. And the Broncos didn't have a terrible offensive line. Um, <clears throat> the schedule the Jets faced last year was honestly like one of the hardest ever. Yeah, it was murderers row. It was a it, tough one. They were better than a 2-14 and 14 team. They and were. I'm, hap- I'm happy that we went that because we got Zach Wilson. But uh, you're going to see this defense... Now, their cornerbacks are weak, but with Robert Sala coming in, his system is real easy on cornerbacks, and you don't necessarily have to have great cornerbacks. I would not be surprised if they're a top 15 defense. Um, If C.J. Mosley comes back and is um, anything close to what he was before he left, you know, it's kind of a joke in the Jets community. We signed him to this big contract, and he's only played three quarters for us since then. (laughs) But those three quarters were genuinely some of the best defensive football I've ever seen. Him and Jamal Adams were flying everywhere. He was calling everything out. So this unit I is going to finish above number five. The defensive line is they have a much easier schedule this year against worse offensive lines. Um, so, yeah, they're going to eat. Yeah. they. I I was – I mean, I've, I'm always low on the Jets, but I will say that <laughs> this defensive line is probably – top three i understand why you put them at top five because the i mean the stigma around the jets is it's the jets they're not good but this defensive Mm -hmm. line is for real um i didn't realize because we were talking about this uh over the week past week i didn't realize they went and got vinnie curry and i didn't realize they went and got sheldon rankins um yeah seeing that they this this defense i mean quinn and williams i think is probably a top three defensive tackle Mm -hmm. um the only, the only DT D tackle I would put above him is Aaron Donald. That's it, honestly. But like, the yeah, and I'm, even John Franklin Myers, who is our technically third string defensive tackle at this point, he uh, he was more efficient than Quinn, Quinn and Williams last year as far as rushing the passer. It's it's a deep unit, and they're going to yeah. be able to rotate eight guys and still. Yeah, I th- this this t- this defensive line is a unit. Like it is a solid defensive line, and they um, we'll see if I mean Robert Salah. He he's shown to be able to really make a defensive line be the best in the NFL, um, and I think that this. I don't know about on the outside they have the talent that the the Niners did. I, I doubt it. They, I mean, the Niners have Nick Bosa, who's probably the best defensive end in the NFL when he's healthy. But they definitely have a better interior than the, the Niners do. And if if Salah can really amplify Carl Lawson's game to to be eighty percent of eighty to ninety percent of Nick Bosa, then this this line has the potential to be the best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I, I want to watch my team win, but next year's a defensive end heavy draft. If they get another top 10 pick, like, this will easily be the best unit in the league a couple years from now. Right, right. Okay, um, moving to four. What do you got at number four? Uh, number four, I have the 49ers. Um, <clears throat> and the reason why they are ahead of the Jets is exactly what you said before. Nick Bosa is a phenom like he is he's incredible he's young um Javon there Kenlaw, was a third bosa brother right and <laughs> yeah someday you know they're going to be the peyton manning on defense or the manning family on defense sorry so their kids are going to play someday and we'll all think back to this uh but javon kenlaw was highly drafted as well uh uh eric armstead was 
Um, he kind of had a down year last year, but the year before that, he was incredible. And, and it makes sense because of how injured they were last year. Um, so he probably got doubled more. And then, you know, D Ford is a good rotational player who can generate pressure when needed. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's, you know, we'll see how they do without um, Robert Salah there. But on paper and coming off of last year, they are very good, very deep, and um, they played with each other a lot. Yeah, as long as they can stay healthy, this defense, I mean, they have some of the, they, they, they're, I think they're the second most talented across the board. Mm-hmm. We'll see, as you said, we'll see with a new system, with a new defensive coordinator, how they uh, manage to put that talent and like put it to good use. But across the board, they have the second most talent. They have three uh, top five players at their positions or yep. top 10 p- players at the positions. So they're, they're really, really, really good. And the under Robert Salah, they were probably, they were the best. I mean, not last year cause they were all hurt, but the year before they were the best defensive line in the NFL. So yep. um, them coming back, being healthy really puts them in a position to also like all of these defensive lines that we're going to talk about have the potential to be the best line in the NFL. Uh, so yep. me saying they have the potential to be the best in the NFL doesn't void anything I've said about the one before it. Cause they all have mm-hmm. that potential. So um, yeah, the, the, just them coming. Well, the, the biggest point of interest for me is how they mesh after coming off of about down year. And if they can get back to what they were the, during their, um, the year that they made the run to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Yep. They'll, uh, out of the top five, I think this easily has the most potential to fall out here. Yeah. Uh, just cause of the coaching change. And you know, like you said, the kind of down year, but as of now, they're still very good, very deep. Number three, number three, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think any of these top three, you could kind of switch around however you want. Um, <clears throat> but I've got them here and, the biggest reason is because they're a 3-4. They rush five people most plays, and that's usually how they get their pressure. Um, and Dominican Sue is older but still good. Uh, Vita Vey is probably the best um, true nose tackle in the league. Um, <clears throat> they got William Golston, who I think they just signed. Um, but, you know, he's he's a decent rotational player. Um, but the real... The real um, star of the show here Shaquille Barrett obviously uh he had 20 sacks last year or two years ago um and was just as efficient this year just didn't get to the quarterback as much which as we went over earlier is not always up to them um <clears throat> Jason Pierre-Paul again old but he's uh he's efficient at what he does and he's you know he's got a lot of history to prove that he can do it so um, these guys use a lot of people to get there, but they do get there consistently. And we saw in the Super Bowl, that's how you win championships. Yeah, this defense has, I mean, I think they're going to be the best defense in the NFL this year. They just, they they don't have a bad, they don't have a bad spot. Honestly, don't have a bad position group mm-hmm. on that side of the ball. They have um, a top three defensive line. They probably have a top three set of linebackers. They have uh their their corners are like I guess their corners are probably their worst, but even then they have Carlton Davis, <laughs> like yeah. they're really good. And then Antoine Winfield, we'll see how he is in his second season. But Antoine Win- Winfield Jr. and Jordan Whitehead, they're a solid tandem too. So um, having the the back end on this defense for this line just makes it so much easier to do their job. Um, complimentary football and just being able to bounce off like having the front end and the back end just be able to support the other if the the back end might have a a, a busted coverage well by the time the busted coverage is seen the f- defensive line is to the, the quarterback another way around like there you might get a coverage sack because there's the coverage is just so good so mm-hmm. this this team is just absurd they the fact that they didn't lose anybody coming off of winning the super bowl is I, that's unheard of, like absolutely unheard of. I don't understand how they did it, but they were able to. That speaks to how good of a front office you have. Like you're able to keep all of your free agents and keep them happy and give them what they want. That I don't, I don't see how this team isn't the favorite 
to win it again next year, honestly. It may be the Chiefs, but even then, I think this team <clears throat> with with Tom Brady should should really be the favorite to repeat. Yeah, and uh, the only question with them that I have is they've got – they're still young for the most part, but they've got some people who are getting up there, you know. <laughs> I Tom stopped Brady. trying to predict Tom Brady falling <laughs> off four years ago. Uh, but it is going to happen eventually. Nobody could play forever, I think. So – you know, if he takes a step back, that'll that'll obviously hurt them. And then their defensive line, you know, outside of Vitave and Shaquille Barrett, they are they're, older. they're up there in age. Yeah. yeah. So if any of them take a step back, then we could see them lose a lot of their depth really quickly. But that is the only way I see this team taking a step back. Um, you know, and that's what happens when your quarterback's willing to take a discount, able to fill out the rest of your roster. Yep. Um and that's the, honestly is you can hate Tom Brady as much as you want. That man has never asked for the bank, and even nope. if he did, he was willing to back backload it so that he could win with the teams that he had. And that just shows how much how how much of a leader he is, and how much he is. He just wants to win. He doesn't care about making money. He just wants to. I mean, he has a supermodel wife who makes way more money than he does. Why does he need to make right. the money? <laughs> so, so and he shows he shows that year in and year out, and um. That, that that sort of leadership is infectious even to the other side of the ball. And this defense really fed, fed off of that going into the second half of last year and be becoming the, the unstoppable force that they were. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going to number two. So number two, I've got the Washington football team. Um, <clears throat> I think these guys have the best front seven in football. Um, you know, Chase Young lived up to all the hype, maybe even surpassed it. Um, and, you know, again, like we said, it helps to have a lot of depth along the defensive line. It makes you not have to get double uh, double blocked as much. Um, you know, Jonathan Allen, first-round pick. Deron Payne, first-round pick. All four Montez of them are first. Sweat. They're all first-rounders. Yeah. They're all top-ten yeah, picks. And they and all they deserve all, to be. And they are all were all hits. Like that's yeah. that's some that's some good scouting right there. Yeah, I mean, any one of these players could be the best player on most defensive lines in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Montez Sweat and Chase Young might be the best edge rush duo in the league. They both generate pressure at an insane rate. And you know, Deron Payne, he doesn't get a lot of pressure. He's more of a nose tackle. But Jonathan Allen eats up blocks in the middle. So. Yeah, they're deep, well-rounded, and even when they were bad two years ago, they still got a ton of pressure, and then they just added a top five, maybe top two edge rusher in the league to it. So Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think three of the top five edge rushers are Ohio State products, right, with Joey Bosa. I mean, Joey Bosa, as long as he's healthy, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, and Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Like, the that's just an abs- absurd thing to think about right like yeah they're they're edge rush you for sure like i just don't i don't understand how they can always get such good edge rushers if only they coach their quarterbacks as well as they coach their defense no no doubt and you know what i'll 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 die on this this island right here or this mm-hmm. in 2007 troy smith was the better quarterback on the, the the Ravens roster, and he lost the job because he got meningitis before <laughs> the preseason, and then Joe Flacco ended up winning the job. But Troy uh, Troy Smith should have been the starting quarterback for the Ravens. I don't. I was, I was not an Ohio State fan around then, so I did not pay any attention to that. But I'll take your word for it. Yeah, the, I think I think Troy Smith was probably the only quarterback that could have gone against that mantra that Ohio State can't. Uh, produce quarterbacks in the NFL, and he just got super unlucky. So. Yeah, and I think I think Justin Fields has a chance to. Again, we've talked about it. It just depends on if Chicago is willing to give him the time to clean right. things up before they throw him in there. Um, right. But yeah, Washington's um, defensive line is is scary, and you know it makes everybody on their defense look better. And they've got talent everywhere. So I, this is probably the best. I know you said you think the Buccaneers is. If I had to place a bet, it'd probably be Washington next year. I, I, just I think one. they're. I think it's close. I think mm-hmm. Washington is right on the heels of the Buccaneers, but um, 
I think the Buccaneers get the edge. I think that the Washington's defensive line is way better than, honestly, I think it's way better than um, the Buccaneers, but I think the Buccaneers yeah. just have more talent behind it um, to than, than the, <clears throat> what, what Washington has. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, Washington has better defensive line, Tampa has better secondary, and there's more players in the secondary than there is defensive line. So, Right. All right. You got a number uh, number one. Number one, and I wouldn't be surprised if one and two are flip-flopped at the end of the year, but I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I know we've talked a lot about top one, top two edge rushers. I do think T.J. Watt is number one. Um, for the past several years, he's just – He's been a force, and he, you know, we talked about, um, and his name is slipping me, the uh, Bud Dupree, Dupree, how well he's performed. Yeah, a lot of that's because T.J. Watt is just a monster, and he eats up blocks, and he creates pressure on the opposite side, so the quarterback just naturally runs into Bud Dupree. Um, so I, having the best edge rusher in the league, that's going to give you a, quite, a, quite a boost in my rankings. Uh, is it Cameron? Yeah, Cameron Hayward. Um, Oh yeah, they're, he's, they're yeah, they're good. <laughs> he, he's well established, and he's you know he's just a beast up the middle. He shoves linemen into the quarterback and makes them move around. Um, Stefan to it again, very efficient. I mean, these guys are deep. Um, now we'll have to see. Um, they didn't really replace Bud Dupree, but also you know. Bud Dupree wasn't really anything special before T.J. Watt and that offensive or defensive line filled out. So we'll see if they have somebody that can step up there. Like I said, I would not be surprised if um, if uh, Washington jumps them. And just kind of looking, thinking about it a little bit more, I'd probably have Washington at one. But we've seen the Steelers do it for several years now. I think T.J. Watt's the best pass rusher in the league, so that's going to bump them up. Yeah, I think that they're – also, I think they're really good. Um, going into my, I was gonna say I have, I have Washington one and I have Pittsburgh two, and I wanted to know your thought process as to why you had them the other way around. Yeah, so I just, if um, Chase Young takes a step forward above T.J. Watt, then that easily um, switches. I just, you know, T.J. Watt probably should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year, as much as I love Aaron Donald. Um, <clears throat> And it's, you know, he's just he's just incredible. He bumps it up for me. Um, you know, they're not as deep, but, you know, like I said, um, and I just forgot his name after I remembered it again, but or Bud Dupree, he, he left last year. And so we'll see if anybody can fill in. I think they will just because they generate pressure on so many spots on this line. But, um, you know, while we like it more on paper, last year the Steelers did generate more pressure through their interior than Washington did. And, um, TJ Watt and, and some of that scheme, some of that schedule, um, the AFC North, you know, they have the Browns, but outside of that, the offensive lines are kind of sketch in the middle. Um, but yeah, so on paper, I like Washington's better, but when you look at the numbers, Pittsburgh's is more efficient. Absolutely. Um, I had another question for you. I don't remember what it was. Oh, there, I, I remember. No, I, it's not in the doc. It was off the top of okay. my head. Um, you have, I noticed that of your top five, they are missing a specific player. And it has mm -hmm. been the best defensive player over the last two to three decades since Lawrence Taylor. Mm -hmm. And that is Aaron Donald. Why, why is that? Why, why is that defensive line not in your top five? Um, you know, it's just I love Aaron Donald, and I think that he, you know, we were both kind of laughing at how absurd his accomplishments are in his they career are, yeah. last week. Yeah, it's you could easily put them in your top five, and I wouldn't argue it. But when you look at the numbers and the efficiency of the rest of these lines, it's just, um, you know, he's it's not a one horse show, but considering how much pressure he generates and how much attention he eats up, the rest of the line kind of falls short. Um, they lost a couple people. Um, they just brought in Leonard Floyd, so we'll see how he fits in. Um, they fit in pretty well last year. Yeah. 
yeah, he he did he did well, but again, they rush five, so I take that away a little bit. Um, and the rest of their interior is just average, if not below average. So, so they got a good pass rusher and obviously the best defensive player in the league. But the other three guys are average, if not below. And I just think the rest of the teams have more depth. Okay. Um, so here's. I think, I, I think he hides a lot of ugliness in that line, and I think if he wasn't there, it wouldn't even be a top twenty. So. No, I agree. So I, I, I love agree Aaron with that. Donald. He'd probably they'd probably be my number six. So I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. Okay. And you said that um, the the rest of that or the rest of that line is um, not great without him, and mm-hmm. that he pulls all the pressure to allow the other players on the, the line to succeed. But doesn't that itself pulling that pressure make it to where? He it's um it makes the 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 defensive line overall better because it allows for other players to to step in and play um, above what you would expect of them and allows the 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 um, defense the the line to get sacks that otherwise it wouldn't get. Yeah, and and you know that's why I think it's. That's why I think it's, uh, you know, top six or seven instead of 20 or so. You know, their interior, um, their interior generates less pressure than about 10 other teams, and that's with Aaron Donald. And then, you know, we have Leonard Floyd, who did really well, but their other edge rusher doesn't generate pressure. And as far as pressure rate goes, um, on the edge, they were 18th in the league last year. So so even with Aaron Donald, the fact that they're the fact that they don't get the pressure numbers of you know, even a top fifteen team really just shows how much they lack depth where whereas, you know, the Jets who famously have not had a pass rusher rusher since Jonathan or since John Abraham, you know, two decades ago, their interior gets after the quarterback on about one out of every six or seven plays. Um, they added a pass rusher Every single one of the teams in my top five have has multiple people that can pull, pull defenders and make the make their teammates' jobs easier. I just don't think the Rams have that. I think I think Leonard Floyd's numbers fall quite a bit if Aaron Donald isn't in the middle there, um, and everyone else in that defensive line doesn't have good numbers even with Aaron Donald there. So, so that's why I, Aaron Donald's enough to make it a top ten on his own, but the rest of them just don't live up to don't live up to the standard that he sets. Okay. I think, I mean, I think Aaron Donald's the best. I think he's the best non-quarterback to ever play the sport, honestly. And I know that's mm-hmm. high praise, but the, we were we were talking about it off-air off last last week while we were kind of um, putting our thoughts together for, for this episode. The dude has been in the league seven years, and he has won the Defensive Player of the Year five of those years. That is absurd. That is an absurd rate that mm-hmm. I, nobody has ever done that. No, and I, I mean, we'll see how his career finishes out. If he beats the sack total record, which I think he's on pace to, then I'd, I'd say he's probably the greatest player to ever play the game. I mean, he's he's just insane. And you know, if he wasn't a if he wasn't as quiet a, of a guy as he is, or if he played a more flashy position, you know, he'd be on the face of every single. <laughs> Every single advertisement the NFL puts out, and he's on quite a bit as a defensive lineman. That's or an interior defensive lineman. That's yeah, impressive that's, on its own, right? Yeah, he the amount of a t- a media attention he gets as an interior um, D lineman is uh, is unheard of, and he it still doesn't feel like he gets enough praise for what he does. The, he, I'm surprised. I mean, I know the MVP has become a quarterback award, but he deserves two or three of them. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know how this Rams defense can be anything below top five as long as him and Jalen Ramsey stay on the field. Like that's yeah, and they, and have, they have good depth healthy. at cornerback. Yeah, they have to stay healthy. They, I like their, uh, uh, their, their. I think I don't know if he's a strong safety or free safety. Jordan Fuller, 
I like him a lot. I think he's a he's a he's a steal of a sixth rounder, and I think he's going to be a a good player. Um, mm-hmm. And the I I think he he really has the ability to bring this defense even further along than where it's already at. Considering it's, in a lot of people's minds, it's the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but without Jalen Ramsey and without I mean without the best player in the NFL. On, on the field, the, the, that defense falls short on many metrics. Yeah, and like I said, I, I, I genuinely believe it's a bottom 10, maybe bottom 15 defensive line if he's not there. So that, that's why they're out of the top five. But it hurts leaving him out because he is one of my favorite players in the league. All righty. Well, that will be it for our uh, defensive line episode. Um, let's We're going to kind of figure this out on air right now. What do you want to do next week or our next episode? We haven't done these weekly like we said we were gonna, but next. Yeah, we took a week off from Memorial Day. Um, Let's do let's do wide receivers. I don't think Julio is going to get traded until training camp, so we should be safe to do that. Okay, we'll do we'll do wide receivers next episode, and I guess if he gets traded after, I mean he will probably get traded. He'll get traded the day after we do it. Watch, we'll we'll uh, we'll kind of do an update updated like little mini episode. It's probably like fifteen or twenty minutes that'll kind of explain what changes and what shifts how that shifts our your rankings so um next episode it's set it's going to be uh the the pass catchers yep all right we'll uh catch you guys on the next one